Welcome to Community Vineyard Church Podcast, a community of believers who passionately worships the Lord Jesus Christ, declares His truth, and shares His life with a world in need. Now, for this week's message. Good morning, everyone. If you could take your seats, that would be great. How many of you enjoyed the worship this morning? Three or four years ago, I lost the hearing in my right ear. I mean, I went stone deaf in that ear. And doctor said, well, this happens sometimes, you will probably not get it back. And I thought, man, this is not cool. I am losing my hearing. And on a Sunday, Sunday morning, I was prayed for right over there, and God healed my ear. And I tell you that to say I have been thankful to God ever since that I get to hear things like my children and grandchildren worship the way they did this morning. Thank you guys, it was awesome. Title of my message this morning is Finishing Well. <laughs> Finishing Well. Now you may be thinking, oh well, yeah, of course, it's about, it's about you retiring from ministry, and if you think that, you would be at least partially wrong It is true that I am stepping down as lead pastor here, but I am not retiring from ministry, okay? I want you to know that as long as I am breathing, I I plan to serve Jesus as hard as I can, for as long as I can, in every way that I can. And eventually, of course, they'll (laughs) lock me away somewhere, so that'll be enough now. But until then... Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you to do the same. It may be that one of these days you also are standing on a stage like this, but the thing is, the point is we never know how long our life will last, do we? We're never promised tomorrow. So if you're going to do anything for Jesus, do it now. Do it now. And the whole thing about finishing well means you need to live your life well every day. And then tomorrow, get up and do the same thing. And the day after that, get up and do the same thing, because you never know when it's over. Like old Fred, for example, in the hospital, had a minor surgery, was expected to, to recover very well, and his family's gathering around him, and friends, and the pastor is there. But suddenly, Fred takes a horrible turn for the worst, and he's He's, he is signaling to the pastor to, that he needs a pencil and a, a, a paper, and, and the pastor gives it to him, and he writes out a message, and then he dies. And of course, everything is chaos after that, and the pastor slips the note in his jacket, and 
Later at the funeral, he remembers, wait, this is the same jacket I was wearing. And he says to everybody, you know what? He, old Fred gave me a note as, as he lay dying, and I'll bet it's really inspirational knowing Fred. And he pulls the note out, and, it, and the, note, the note says, uh, help, you're standing on my oxygen hose. See, you never really know. You never really know when it's over. The question is, is not how long your life lasts, but the question is how well did you live? And we all know, we all know people who, who we talk about, well, I think they're a Christian. I'm not sure. I remember long ago they started out for the Lord. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't really know. That, that doesn't really cut it. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be my testimony. Hmm, I think he might be a Christian. I'm not really sure. No. The idea is if you're going to start out for Jesus, how many of you started out for Jesus right now? You want to end well, amen? That means you need to live well every day of your life. Now, the Bible is filled with examples of, of people who I would say they finished well. You know, we, Abraham comes to mind, and, and Moses, and, and David, and others. Now, it's interesting, all of the ones that I mentioned here, every single one of them had flaws. They all made mistakes. And yet, you know, for example, David, it says that he served God's purpose in his generation. What a, what a wonderful testimony. I want that to be my testimony, don't you? He or she served God in their generation. And the one thing we can learn from these servants of God is that, that, first of all, failures are not final, right? Failures are not final. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. It's okay. You're going to get knocked down. It's all right. Get back up. Get back up. And secondly, God always keeps his word. God is always faithful, even when we aren't. He is. And I want to consider one more Example, this from the New Testament, this is the Apostle Paul, whom we all love. And Paul is, is, is writing 2 Timothy, and, and he knows that his time is short. He knows he's ending his life and his ministry. And he writes this, 2 Timothy 4, 6, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. Verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Hallelujah. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, but not only me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Okay, so let's just, let's just pray for a moment. Father, I pray that you're your Holy Spirit would come now and awaken us and quicken us to your word, God, so that we could learn how to finish this thing well. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you this. This is, this is my final sermon to you as your lead pastor. I will, I will get up and blab occasionally in the future, but this this. This I, 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 
I want you to listen. Hearken is a Bible word. I want you to listen. How to finish well. Well, Paul said there's, there's a battle to fight. There's a race to finish. There's a faith to keep. So let's look at this. A battle to fight. When we decide to become a follower of Jesus, the battle isn't over, right? If you, if you thought it was, you're going to be disappointed. Now, some of you uh, are still in that, that decision mode, maybe, and you, you haven't quite decided whether I want to really throw in with this Jesus or not. Well, okay, you're, you're in a battle of sorts, right? It's in your own mind and your own emotions, your own thoughts. But if you've decided to follow Jesus, the battle is not over exactly. Um, there's a whole new war. There's a whole new battle, okay? And, and the battle that the Apostle Paul is referring to, um, we want to we wanna define really quickly. First of all, there's the devil. There's the devil. 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The apostle says, your enemy. In other words, you come to Christ. Um, before you come to Christ, there's kind of an odd sort of way that uh, the devil doesn't care much about you. He's not paying too much attention to you. Why would he? You know, you're, you're already his slave. But once you come to Jesus, things change. Now he, he doesn't like you very much, and he is, in fact, your enemy, and he is your adversary, mostly because you belong to God. Now his principal weapons, the, his principal weapons, of course, is deception, lies. He's not limited to this. It's, of course, temptation, doubt, guilt, confusion, sickness, envy, pride, slander, and on, and on we could go. The effort is to make your life fruitless for God. His goal is your destruction and hindering the kingdom of God. James tells us, as well as Peter, that we are to resist him. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. What I want to say to you is that... Uh, in your battle against the devil, you've already won. Because Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the victor. He has already defeated the enemy. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave. Praise God. And he's done it on your behalf. Now, you, you still have a struggle, but you know the outcome is, is, is already decided by Christ. Hallelujah. Then there is the world... John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, does not come from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. So this, the world that he's talking about is not the people in the world. It is this demonic order. This, that, this, this arrangement that, is, that has set itself against God. That's the world that he's talking about. And he says, don't love that. Do not love this present age. Don't do it. 
um, we are to we are to recognize who God is and what he's what he's about the world hates Christ the world hates Christ Jesus said the world hates me because I testify that what it does is evil so we shouldn't be particularly surprised when there are factions and, and, and political parties and various things that are operating in the world that, 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 that don't love Jesus very much. Why, why wouldn't they love Jesus very much? Because Jesus is a challenge to their power, their authority. You see, Jesus brought a new kingdom. Hallelujah. And that new kingdom is ultimately going to reign over all things. So the world hates Christ. Now, you need to understand the world also hates you. The world hates the followers of Jesus. Jesus said, you know, don't be surprised if the world hates you. Keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, the world would love its own. As it is, you do not belong to this world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Now, we are to love you understand, we're to love the people of this world, the people in the world, but not the demonic culture that is in opposition to God. Okay, and then finally there's the flesh. The flesh. Peter writing again, this is 1 Peter 2.11, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires. That's some translations, that's called the flesh, which war against your soul. So the, the flesh is, everything else is sort of out there. The flesh is in here to some extent. It is the weaker element in our, in, in, in our human nature. Uh, yes, we've been forgiven from sin. We have been given a new nature, but there's still this, this, this dead thing that we're carrying around with us called the flesh, which which wars against, he says, wars against your soul. Paul says in Romans 7, for in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin that works in my members. What a wretched man that I am, he says, who will deliver me? Rescue me from this body of death. And then he answers, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Once again, Jesus is the answer. Jesus Christ is the victor. We already won the war. Now, the fact is sometimes, you know, we, we fall, we make mistakes. The good news is you're already forgiven. Your sins are already forgiven. So get up. Get back in it. Get after it. Hallelujah. All right, so then there is a, a race. Paul talking about he fought the good fight, but now he's talking about a race. A race to finish. He says, I have finished the race. The Christian life is, is like a race, not a 100-yard dash either. It's sort of like a marathon. It's kind of like a cross-country race, an endurance race. And he says that 
There is a race that is marked out for you. Uh, my grand, granddaughter, Larissa, used to run cross-country, and, uh, you know, they would take off, but they would have little flags, you know, that would kind of chart the course of where they're going to run. Now, runners can't choose to cut corners uh, and shorten the race. They have, in order to win, in order to be successful, they have to run the course that is marked out for them. It's the same in the Christian life. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way in Hebrews 12:1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything off that hinders us and the sin that entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Your race might not be the same as mine. In fact, it almost won't be. We, each of us have a separate race. It's a course, right? Your job is to run the race marked out for you. Hallelujah. Now, someone else's race may seem easier. Too bad. <laughs> it probably isn't. You, you just don't see all, of the, all the stuff that they have to go through. Your job is not to evaluate, well, my, right, my race is harder. Just get over that. Get over that. God says, I want you to run this race. Don't worry about anybody else. Okay? The point is, you've got to finish this race. Paul says, I have finished the race. That's the goal. If you're going to finish the race, you have to keep running. You've got to keep on running. Sometimes the race is filled with pain. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you have to run through the pain. Do you remember that? Remember that scene from Chariots of Fire where uh, Scotland's Eric Liddell was knocked down early in a 440 race? Remember that? And, and of course, everybody else is racing on towards the finish line, and he sat there dazed for a moment, and then everybody's che cheering, but somebody says, get up and run. Well, by now, they're 20 yards ahead of him. But Eric Liddell gets up, takes off at a dead run, and amazingly enough, he actually wins the race. Hallelujah. Okay, what? sometimes you're going to get knocked down. It's going to happen. You're going to get tripped up. Things will happen. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just on the sideline going, get up, keep running. Keep running. You've got to finish this thing. Hallelujah. You, you never know what how it'll all turn out. I know one thing, if you just sit there, it ain't going to end well. Get up, get back in the race, get after it. Probably the most amazing, uh, or most famous anyway, uh, marathon is the Boston Marathon in, in America. Maybe in the world, I don't know. But I've heard about something called Heartbreak Hill. Heartbreak Hill comes in at mile 19, and, and you know, the race is almost, it's like more than half over, and it tests the runners to the core. It's a long, steep hill. And they've been running for a long time, and a lot of people quit right then. They do, they do not finish, they do not finish the race. 
I think, is there something like that? Rebecca, my, my daughter, she runs the Akron Marathon almost every year. Isn't there a hill like that in the Akron? I mean, it's famous, right? Yeah. There's always one of those hills. Maybe you're on that hill right now, and you're exhausted. You want to quit. You want to give up. Don't do it. Get up. Get back in the race and finish the thing. Finish the thing. James 1.12 says to us, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Look, we all get tired. This hasn't been, you've heard some allusions to it, this, all, this hasn't been an easy race for my wife and me. There have, there have been challenges, shall we say. There have been difficulties. The idea, though, is get up, keep moving. I, I, you don't have to win the race. You just have to finish the race, okay? Uh, you can tell by looking at me, I haven't won a foot race in a long time. Okay? I don't need to win the race. I just need to finish the race that God's put before me. And so do you. This isn't a hundred-yard dash. This is, this is endurance. Hang in there. You will feel discouraged sometimes. You will get knocked down sometimes. Get up. Keep moving. Keep moving. Sometimes we can't finish without God's help. Sometimes God has to help us. In the 1992 Olympics, Derek Redman tore a hamstring very early in the 400-meter race, and he collapsed. Of course, everybody else just goes thundering on to the finish line. But he gets up, and he's limping to the finish line. And I love this. His dad comes down out of the stands. Remember that? His dad comes out of the stand, helps his son up, and together they finish the race. Sometimes that's like our Heavenly Father. Sometimes you're going you're gonna to fall. It's going to feel impossible. You're going to be, you, I just can't make it. Guess what? He'll be there. He'll be there. He will help you finish the race. You must finish the race he will help you do it. Amen. It's not about winning. How many of you know Team Jesus has already won the track meet? He's already won. You just need to finish your race. Okay? Amen. All right. Finally, there's a faith to keep. A faith to keep. What are you, what are you saving? Are you a saver? Are you a hoarder? <laughs> Is there anything you like to save? Some people are savers. Uh, the trick about saving, the interesting thing about saving is you probably want to save things of value. Okay, some people save like stupid stuff. Silly things. Some people save newspapers. I have no idea why. Not only is it a fire hazard, it's completely useless. Some people save other things. Don Singleton writes this, on our first anniversary, after our romantic candlelight dinner, my wife Elizabeth emerged from the kitchen with the finishing touch, the top layer of our wedding cake that she had saved. 
The problem is that the first cut, the ice layer squeaked, which means that for an entire year she had saved a chunk of styrofoam that, that, had, that had been iced to look like cake. You see, you want to save the right thing. You want to save something of value. A wise person know, knows what to save, what to keep, and what to throw away. Uh, I find it amusing that, that for the longest time, my wife wanted to save Hummels. How many of you know what Hummels are? They're these little, little figurines, little statues. And I, I, I couldn't afford Hummels. I'm a, I'm a poor pastor. I can't buy Hummels. When I was in Germany, I brought back a little, a little statue of a squirrel, and, and she dismissed it immediately. Ridiculous. That is not a Hummel. You went to Germany, and you bring that back. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. The interesting thing is nobody wants Hummels anymore. I mean, you can, you, can see, you can see Hummels at yard sales and garage sales. You can pick them up for a couple bucks. Back, back in the day, you, I couldn't afford them. Same thing with Longa Burger Baskets. We were talking about that. She wanted Longa Burger Baskets, about bankrupted me with Longa Burger Baskets. Now, now they're practically giving them away. What I want to say is this, that... The most important thing you will ever keep is what the Bible calls the faith. Keep the faith. Above all things, keep the faith. The, event, the adversary, your adversary will try to wrench it away from you. Keep it. Jude says this, Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once entrusted to the saints. How many of you know we are watching, we are living in an age when there are major Christian denominations which are just simply giving up the faith? This past week, I, I read about a uh, professor and lecturer in England. His name is Dr. Aaron Edwards. He was dismissed from a Methodist college, Cliff College in England, because he dared to quote Bible verses that declare that homosexuality is a sin. <gasps> you can't do that, that he was told. Not only did they fire him for teaching what the Bible says, not only did they fire him, but they threatened to actually turn him over to the government. Uh, they have a government program that they're trying to root out terrorism they were, they were threatening to turn him over to the government to have him investigated as a terrorist because he dared say what it is the Bible says. And he says this, quote, What has happened to me demonstrates that the conservative biblical view on human sexuality is no longer tolerated in the, in the Methodist church in the UK. Same thing in America if you want the truth. Rather, it is clear that those beliefs are to be silenced and stamped out. Wow. This is the age in which we're living. Okay? A lot of people are giving up the faith. They, they claim to believe in Jesus. They claim to love Jesus. They say they do. 
This, this is what tells us who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. This tells us about the faith, what it means, who he is, who God is, who we are. In all of your saving, and all of your getting, get this. If you let this go, if you give this up, and look, as your, as your pastor, I am begging you, do not give up the faith. Do not give it up. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what you lose. Don't lose this. No one can take it from you. You have to give it up. You have to let it go. You have to release it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, come on, worship team, and, I, and we're going to end with this. There are five ways people give up the faith, and we'll go through it real quickly. Number one, the Bible says they drift away. Hebrews 2.1, we must pay careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we do not drift away. This idea of drifting away from the faith, just it, 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 implies, it, it implies carelessness. Just, just being careless. He says, pay attention. Wake up. Pay attention to what's going on. Do not just drift away. Carelessness. Number two, they fall away. They fall away. Matthew eleven six. Blessed is the man, Jesus said, who does not fall away on account of me. Matthew thirteen twenty one. Since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Put your roots down deep into Jesus. Put your roots down deep into the word of God. Number three, they turn away. 1 Timothy 5.15, some in fact have already turned away to follow Satan. This is, this is Satan's deception, and it's, he plays on our desire to be accepted. Everybody wants to be accepted, right? You're going you're gonna to be, you're, we are moving into a culture that, that you will not be accepted if you stand for the truth. You will not be accepted. Do not turn away to follow Satan. Number four, they wander away. First Timothy 2.16, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. To wander away, it means, you know, it's, it's not deliberate exactly. It's not like they have some place they want to go. They're just sort of like, they're going through life just sort of like, do 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 Whatever, man. Yeah, that's cool. Let's check this out. There's, there's, there's no purpose. There's, there's no sense of, of calling or mission from God. You are on a mission. Be careful. Be careful. Do not wander away. And finally, number five, 
they are carried away. Again, Hebrews 13.9, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. 1 Peter 3.17, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by lawless men. There's, there's, something, there's something that you have to be aware of. Do not be, do not be open to anti-biblical teaching. You need to be open. You need to be aware of what is being taught, what is being said. How does it line up with the Word of God? I'm saying this to my grandchildren and every, every young person that's in school right now. Be aware of what it is you're being taught and how it lines up with the Word of God. And if it's anti biblical anti-christ be aware of that do not receive that do not imbibe that do not make that part of your life be on guard paul said i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Aren't you glad that Team Jesus has already won? Hallelujah. And you will win also. You will win also. But you must fight the good fight, finish the race, keep the faith. Are you going to do it? Amen. Let's stand and worship God. Thank you for tuning in to Community Vineyard Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's message, click the share button and be sure to subscribe to our channel so that you'll be notified of our latest content. To learn more about Community Vineyard Church or how you can partner with us, please visit our website at www.communityvineyard.org. Until next time.